we have talked about adopting in the abstract but i don't think liam and i i mean the moment we got married that uncertainty of being from two different countries did definitely play into that and i think mentally we've decided that we if we ever feel responsible enough to adopt or give someone a home with us it will be once we have a home and <laughs> we're not really sure of what that is right now Hello everyone. Welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to Philosophy. This is Rahdan and this is William. Last week we talked about Tendai Achume, who talked about migration as decolonization and people from former colonies being political insiders. Today we are going to be discussing Michael Walzer, who takes a remarkably opposite stance to what Achume says about people from the global south having the right to immigrate to the global north because they are political insiders. No, like Walzer actually says that states have the right to exclude immigrants according to their own political or own specific criteria. So, you want to talk about his book? Yes, absolutely. So, in his book Spheres of Justice, it was published in 1983, Michael Walzer talks about the concept of membership. He also defines membership as a kind of social good based on shared understandings and values amongst community members. And to make that clearer, I think he draws an analogy to states acting not so much like neighborhoods, but more like, you know, families and clubs in which each have their own criteria for membership. Actually, like so let me break it down a bit. Their neighborhoods, families and clubs according to the analogy for membership. So, in each of these categories, we're going to try and see what Walzer says about gaining membership in these specific communities. So the first is a neighborhood. So in an ideal neighborhood, you can just move in regardless of what, you know, your neighbors say, you can just buy a house, you move in and that's it. No one can say anything in an ideal world. The state can't say if that's the case, the state wouldn't be able to, you know, refuse you from living there. But Walzer says that states really aren't like that. You can't just buy a house or a piece of land somewhere and move. He later talks about families, states being like families. and states are like families he says because they have unspoken obligations to the people already present within the society the people who make up the state are the family members so the state is sort of it has its ties to the people who are already there and what they say goes they can't do something against their interests in an ideal world when people are moving into this place or trying to join a family you know they have to consult the people who are already there and that's why he's like you know what states do have some sort of familial obligations to their citizens that are already there and his last analogy is that states are like clubs he says they're like clubs because they have specific admission criteria it's very selective and it's very specific so they can be like uh you need to have this much money in your bank account or you need to be from this and this place or you need to be in this and this religion maybe move into this specific part of the this specific area that's basically what you see whenever you open a website and you're looking for the stuff you want to see for a visa yeah that's that's why he's like they're like clubs well that's that's very interesting i mean looking at it from uh, the analogy perspective it makes sense but i'm just curious if you like you know if we were to assess what walzer says in real life looking at a real life kind of case what does that look like actually that's where our unique married couple comes into play uh liam and ann liam and ann have been married for 5 years but sadly they live in two different countries Liam is from Scotland and Anne is from India. 
Liam works as a full-time IB philosophy teacher at the United World College in Dilijan, Armenia. While Anne is a senior research associate at Prayas Energy Group in India. We met because of philosophy. In 2012, for the summer, I moved to Pune to learn a bit of Hindi and to learn tabla. Mm -hmm. And I got invited to a reading group by a friend of a friend, which was Anne's workplace. So Anne was setting up a philosophy reading group there. And Anne can take over the story from here. And I was just like, who's this white guy, like kid crashing our philosophy reading group? Why is he even here? And on top of that, he's a philosophy teacher, you know? So it's like, okay, we're just trying to figure this out. And the first thing he comes and says, oh, you're reading the wrong book. How often do you guys see each other? Not often enough. Last time was in January. I mean, I have an academic sort of semester calendar, so it tends to be that Anne visits here once a semester, and then I spend the school uh, holidays in Pune. But COVID has thrown all of that up in the air. Raggy, I remember you asking about whether their marriage was recognized by the government. The marriage is the easy part. They would recognize yeah. our marriage instantly. What they wouldn't recognize is Anne's right to go to the UK. I mean, I haven't looked into it for at least three years, but and I'm sure it's gotten worse. But the last time I looked into it, there was like, I would have to earn above, above a certain amount of money. I would have to have that job for six months. I'd have to, I think I'd have to own a house in the UK just, bef just in order for my spouse to apply. So, yeah. pretty demeaning you know for me. And I'm just like, do I really want to go to a place that doesn't yeah. want me? You know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's that <laughs> feeling of not being wanted. I go on a tourist visa, and I don't think I've stayed there for longer than two months ever. And you know what, Will? As heartless as it sounds, if Walzer was to hear this conversation, he would say that, yeah, this makes absolute sense. States are essentially allowed to be exclusive, just like, you know, your privileged club at Qatar Airways. Actually, let me plug Qatar Airways in there. Send the check. <laughs> Send the check. But yeah, basically, they, he would say that there is a certain criteria and set of qualities that makes you or do not make you eligible to become a member, yeah. be part of this community. And yeah, so like either you sleep in the airport bench or you go to the first class, like essentially, airport lounge, you know? Essentially, like, this is how it is. But you know what's interesting is that I thought there would be a one-sided power dynamic, you know, with... Liam being from Scotland and having a UK passport and all, you know, you just assume that he'd have a much easier time. But that actually wasn't the case when he was describing the process he had to go through when he was getting his overseas citizenship in, of India. And it, it was a complete struggle. Like <laughs> We all heard it. I had years of years and years of, of that kind of toil and anxiety and just total bureaucratic nonsense. Um, and that was what really sort of wore me down and alienated me. We got married and Liam quit his job thinking that he could, since we are married, he could stay in the country and he could figure something out. And just before he was going to leave Miyuki, we realized that they changed the law yeah. in the country such that we could only 
he could officially only register as a resident or get the overseas citizenship if he waits for two years after we get married. So right. then we were in this limbo because he couldn't do anything till we got that certification and we had to wait for two years. And this was just like that. And then running around looking for police stations and waiting for God knows how long to get things done. Almost one deportation. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. You would think that marriage would be the key of, you know, gain a membership or just kind of give you this i don't know proximity to become a member of this community but clearly not that's not the case and and states can still impose its selective criteria over your own intimate relationship with your partner i remember i told my dad that i wanted to get he was in the army so he's like very like you know prim and proper and all of that oh. i told him that i wanted to marry aliam she was like okay i will come there i was like it's okay he'll come no no we should meet him in neutral ground we should meet him in a, the surroundings that he's comfortable in so i can give him that advantage i was like why are you talking about it like it's some strategy or war or something like that and i got a lot i i told him by actually writing a physical letter because i just couldn't work up the courage to like actually call him or meet him and tell him face to face so i actually wrote him a letter i got a reply after one month and for a month he didn't say a word like i knew he read it but he didn't say a word to me i get this like ridiculously long you know it says confidential on the envelope and it's like you know in manila envelope and everything and i get this long letter and it says you know it's your decision you can do whatever you want but make sure he's not an undischarged insolvent he's not a homosexual uh, he's mentally sound and i was just like anti nationalist tendencies he must not have anti nationalist tendencies anti national and i was just like you know i was so hurt i was like i poured my heart out to you and this is what you say so i called him and i was like all ready to yell he's like i was just quoting the special marriage act And you see, on paper, it, it kind of, you know, looking through Walzer's argument um, and uh, what he has to say, it kind of, you know, makes sense for states to have these criteria and these kind of, you know, shared values for for a person to, to gain membership, you know, like they should have their own standards. But in real life, it's, it seems like it's more much more complicated than that. We are no longer looking at an abstract point of view. We're looking at people's lives, people having their their whole life at stake. And, and you can see there's a kind of a, like a dangerous underlying sometimes racist subtext into this because you, you, you can see that the, the state has, a, you know, these kind of values they are outright you know racist outright homophobic outright xenophobic to exclude others and it just cannot help but to kind of ask this question here where are these values coming from is it because the state the uk in this case they want to create some kind of a you know unified standard of living certain expectations of qualities of people's life or is it based on xenophobic and and you know racist kind of values they are trying to hide that with creating these kind of you know criteria factual criteria because you know if, if you remember what liam said about you know you need to have a house that is worth a certain amount you need to be staying with your current job for six months etc so 
I just need to understand that more. You know, even from this example, right, you, you start to wonder, like, do the people even back home meet this criteria? According to Walzer's, like, analogy himself, he's like, states, they have these sort of criteria that they build up to exclude people. And because they have some familial obligations to their members already there, you would automatically sort of assume that they also met the standard itself, right? So one needs to ask, like, okay, so do all the people living inside X country in the or like let me explicitly say the UK, do they all meet the standard that all these other people have to meet? One of the astonishing things to me about this is that whenever I go back to the UK, people ask me the same thing. They're like, Well, why why doesn't why don't you just move here with Anne? And I'm just like who do you think you've been voting for for the past 10 years? People know in the abstract that like there's an anti-immigration policy, but then when there's like a, a real immigration case, you know, in front of them. Like I remember once talking to a, uh, just somebody on a shop about this. And, you know, I was saying, well, you know, I'd love to, I'd love my wife to move here, but we couldn't. And she, and, and I could see this sort of, con I explained it to her and I could see this kind of conflict of interest in her eyes. Because obviously, I mean, presumably she'd voted for Theresa May or whoever it was back then. And I remember her saying like, well, yeah, it's a shame that the, the good ones can't come in. And you know, like, when people deal with things in the abstract, as in the case, case in point, this lady, and see the effects of their political decisions, it's uncomfortable, I feel. I feel like that lady was so uncomfortable. Like, having asked this question, oh my god, where's your, like, significant other? And then, who, do you, who are you voting for, man? Like, <laughs> exactly. And just says, like, one of the good ones. One of the good ones. Exactly. Like you said, they carry a very racist subtext. And, you know, it feels very targeted. There's no way you can't be someone experiencing this and not feel like you're targeted. It's like, if you're part of this orientation, you're not going to get this visa. If you have under like 60k in your bank account, you're not going to get in. But then you ha you start asking, when someone's from a country where like most people are living under like a dollar a day, uh, how's that going to work out? Just, just basically don't marry. And of course, like we're not, I'm not, I'm, I'm personally not saying that people, you know, that you can't not marry someone with like, who lives under a dollar a day but like in most cases that's not really what happens it's also very weird because you start asking yourself okay if we're going to apply these criteria to these people what about the people who are already there like that's something i want to ask walter like what about the people in the community already already they, already members right yeah, the members do they meet there. the standard that's been set if the standard is this like how many people are actually Which <laughs> matching 60k exactly. in their bank accounts you know like they should also be booted according to what you said like i, I automatically implies that this it's, is the criteria to become a member of this community, and and what about the original people? And at the same time, this is how this is how you realize it's it's more of kind of like a politically correct way asking uh, you to not marry this person. Yes. But be like the main reason what the government would tell you they're like oh it's because they have a you know they don't they don't meet the threshold of having enough money or they don't have this house for for X amount of years. Um, and it's it's basically that, just it's, a politically correct way to exclude. When, when actually Liam said that, oh, I have to own a house, and I'm like, but you own a house. It's like, oh, I have an apartment, not a house. Not and a I'm house. Like, <laughs> um, so <laughs> so what <laughs> you, you, you do know how expensive like property is exactly. in the uk right exactly like, how many people own houses in the yeah. uk like so basically marry if you're rich uh have your significant other if they're rich or if, if they are from a different country that they uh, have better relationships with if they're from france it's fine yeah it's we'll, fine we'll, we you can will. backpack yeah. <laughs> you can backpack across <laughs> that's so true <laughs> 
have you ever imagined like this is a side note but like have you imagined like having to go to like let's say france and you're like yeah we're gonna go backpacking uh you have your syrian passport you're like they're just gonna be like, like what do you mean syrians these immigrants are coming with backpacks and they're trying i don't know what to do <laughs> i don't know what. what they're doing here like oh we're going to our honeymoon you know we're just backpack even i know you let's say you want to visit and you're like they need to know where you're sleeping. Like, where's the hotel reservation? Everything. It's a very detailed. The they moment you actually make sure Airbnb, it, they start, hmm, question mark. What? I mean, the fact that even before thinking about visiting the country, you step a foot there, they just barge you with like thousands of questions about like, what, what are you doing there? Give us like, the location of the hotel you're staying at. What kind of, how many stars is it? Your bank account, everything. Case in point, Michael Walzer, I feel like your criteria are very problematic. And the problem is that it's the mainstream. Like this is what almost all states follow. They have their own, their own criteria and everyone gets to decide what that criteria is. But I feel the danger is that criteria can be racist. It can be homophobic. It can be so many things. I don't think you could even become like it's like it's like living in Nazi Germany and be like, oh, I want to become a member, and like I just can't meet the criteria. Exactly. Oh, and this is, like, what? <laughs> this is a really like interesting question. You just like put it out there. Is that what if the community, you know, because according to Walzer, community agree to certain values and and you know understandings. What if are these values and understandings outright wrong, mm-hmm. outright racist? Does that make them valid still? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what if what if a community is based off, you know, very racist, xenophobic, like, attitude in general? And this is the kind of values they're trying to promote. Is that valid? Like, is, is this something that the state should be adhering to? Or, like, you know what, what, you know what I mean? I don't think the state should. <laughs> exactly. I feel we need to do better. I feel like governments need to do better. International politics needs to, to be better. Let's just bring it back. What's going to happen with Adam and Liam, you know? Like, I don't know. What's their plan? Yes, I'm also curious to know about that. I just realized that it's actually easier to get a PhD <laughs> than face an immigration officer and explain, you know, how much I love Liam and why I married to him and why I married a man who doesn't earn enough. I mean, I would rather have a conversation about grid integration or renewable energy than that. So it seems like gateway to basically move to another country is just do university there or do a PhD. And that tells, I think, very problematic. It is very problematic. Not everyone can afford to, like, you know... Go university. And also we're talking about for years and years. like And, and for Anne's case, for example, she will be able... Hopefully she will be able to pursue her PhD. But we're talking about a PhD. Someone who is, you know, like, um, have spent, like, a long time mm-hmm. before studying and et cetera. And it's it's a long period of time to just have a valid reason for you to be with your partner. Yeah. Like, we're forgetting the main elephant in the room. Basically, they just want to be together. And one of the gateways is, like, or I wouldn't say one of one of it's like it seems the like easiest. the only the, the only, only option, option is for her to do her PhD in in the UK to have a justification legal reason to be in the country. Aside from the fact that she's married to him, this does not count apparently. You know, it's it's weird because she is always going on a tourist visa. You know, yeah, yeah. she can't go to. It's it's crazy. Which which like also another question to Walzer about you know he really emphasizes that like you know communities have certain values. I mean. Family, for example, is a very renowned British value. And state, according to Walzer, is supposed to be adhering to the kind of values that are shared by the community. But in this case, it seemed like the government is the first entity that's attacking this value by not allowing Anne and Liam to be together as one family. 
talked about adopting in the abstract mm-hmm. uh, but uh, i don't think liam and i i mean the moment we got married having passports from two different countries and our political stance just made it we made it very clear to ourselves that we're not going to have children like i mean this is just the wrong time and place in the world to have kids and of course that uncertainty of being from two different countries did definitely play into that and i think mm-hmm. mentally we've decided that we if we ever feel responsible enough to adopt or give someone a home with us it will be once we have a home and <laughs> we're not really sure of what that is right now Well, everybody, we reached the end of our podcast. It was lovely having you around. I guess today what you're taking away from this is you learned about Michael Walzer and how he describes the different criteria that states have and our opinions on why that is a bit problematic. Exactly. And it's more of like kind of giving you a real life situation of what Walzer says look in real life, basically. And we hope that you have a better understanding of membership and what the kind of values that like you know certain communities might have and maybe next time you 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 vote for your i don't know local or or uh, regional uh, representatives put that into account put that into the people who make policies especially for new incomers for people who work from the outside expats um etc i think you should just tune in into our next episode we're going to be talking about Franz Fanon and his particular interesting insights onto immigration right This is your hosts, William and Ragdan. Have a lovely, lovely day.